0: slider good gentlemen welcome back for another week of the legislative watchdogs uh, big dog I know I, I talked a little bit about it last week and, and Bob I, there was I think it was last maybe Wednesday evening or Thursday evening I, I caught that bug and it was the first time of the year I felt it I felt fall in the air I felt football it's right around the corner I know it's exciting time for a lot of people here in the Valley and uh, we here at the Watchdog are really pumped up. Uh, we will bring you all the high school football action and WVU Mountaineer football action that you can handle this upcoming season. Uh, what are you most excited about, uh, Bob, John, or Fuzz, about the upcoming football season? What are some of the storylines that uh, have your juices flowing? Well, for me,
1: it's been uh, a few years since we had a quarterback, uh, you know, wondering what was who was going to lead the Steelers, so that's interesting. Uh, been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, both at the mountaineer level and at the Steeler level. Interesting to see who will prevail as the new quarterback. And,
1: uh, you know, really busy around here with high school football, Rocky, and that, and that's fun. I mean, nothing says uh, summer's over, let's get on with fall, uh, like putting the pads on and uh, practicing and then playing football. Really surprised the uh, uh, shady side, uh, some internal issues. And in right. Mark Halanka, that's, you know, been I around him, with yeah. Ty uh, Fleming, came from River. How that ended up in the timing—just really surprising. Yeah. Um,
0: the Helenka name, kind of synonymous with shady stuff, right?
1: And uh, you know, and uh, basically, um, a lot of internal issues. And uh, not surprising, there's been internal issues, but I thought that was surprising. Uh, uh, I hear up the river, you know, Stuenville, Stuenville, Reno is always there, and. Um, it is. I th- I think uh, we're gonna see um some surprises uh, there. Um so it is on a college level it just seems like you know, the big three, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, Georgia continue to just bring in more players uh to do that. Pitt and West Virginia opened up, sold out, uh Exciting? That is. I think people are, are, are looking forward to the to that game. People want to see, you know, is this year the year that the West Virginia can make me make a turnaround? I'm not certain of that. But as you said, football there, I have no interest in this NFL preseason. I think it's no, almost. A
0: lot of people have been calling to do away with that. Right. I mean, you can't just step up and. Strap up the pads on day one. I mean, even the professionals need some tune-ups. So it's kind of a necessary evil. Evil, but you know, how much of it do you need? I think is the is the question. So, um, right. So, all said, but West Virginia, Pitt. That's exciting. Also, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. They they right. said to open up. What an exciting opener that will be. Although the line, I think, is creeping up. <laughs> it's like fourteen. And a half and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the Irish traveling to yeah. Ohio State with Saturday. the new coach and It'll be a, a, a tough task for the Irish um, and a very good, maybe the best team in the nation, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, and that offensively track for and sure, offense is going to be uh, certainly fun to watch. they good every year. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are. this this group of offensive yeah, talent no. that they've assembled is yeah. uh, starting to come into its own. Some of those young receivers at the end of last year and just wow, they're going to be really fun to watch. I'd say the Irish uh, up against the John. They're yeah,
1: I think that – sure. uh, I, I, but I think that guy in the long run uh, is going to be really good for that program. Uh, um, you know, I, it's – what a, what a way to open against, you know, as we said, probably the most talented team. Nice opener, Pitt, West Virginia, nice opener, you know. Uh, seems like the realignment's kind of – went away i was really hoping west virginia could find a way out of the big 12 and maybe into the acc but realignment just went that talks completely off the table right now
2: i think you see further consolidation into bigger conferences um, you know whether or not you see more movement from some of the more, uh, from some of the current members i think of the bigger conferences that that's quiet I think the Big 12 commissioner, correct me if I'm wrong, right, he was basically kind of like we're open for business. Right. <laughs> I,
0: I think the next dominant will fall, and I know people get tired of hearing it, but I think it's the Notre Dame TV deal that needs to get worked out. Um, it's up for renewal here, and so there's word as to whether they will stay completely independent, obviously, or... You know, they're currently um, hooked up with the ACC, but, you know, they're looking to see. I think the networks, if they can get Notre Dame the money they need to stay independent and combine it with another conference to create a package. One of the, one of the rumored conferences is the Big 12. Uh, you put uh, a Notre Dame, and then you combine that with the Big 12 schedule to create, you know, a network package. Um, so I think that's the next domino to fall. And then I think once that does, you'll start to see the carousels start to spin again.
1: Yeah, I mean, next week I'm going back to the William Penn in downtown Pittsburgh for big steel negotiations. But when the Steelers are home, they tell us, you're out, Friday, you're out. (laughs) (laughs) You're done, okay, you're out. (laughs) Big dog dog turns into little dog. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, stoop dogs. He's the big guy at the William Penn for Steelers. So uh, it is. The Steelers still, even with, as Bob said, a new quarterback, Uh, Still a heck of a draw In downtown Pittsburgh But politically another week of uh, We'll
0: get into that So along with football Also the start of school So two big stories politically uh, With respect to the opening of school Uh, Number one, Dale Lee um, The head of uh, Teachers union The WBBA One of the two major uh, teacher unions uh, Here in West Virginia uh, they have kind of been announcing and bringing uh, light to the fact that the, there may be a, a teacher shortage in West Virginia, as many as 1,500 positions uh, that will be unfilled. Now, I, I want to be clear on those numbers when they say unfilled. I don't think it means there's no bodies in the seats. I think it means that they are not filled with people that have the proper certification for that particular To course,
1: teach that the. So, Which has been a, a West Virginia problem for a long time. Right. And especially was, in rural areas, right? Yeah, and it also happened.
3: Yeah, rural all over the state. I mean, Eastern Panhandle is going through it, too. Uh, everywhere it But I think the alarming thing is that,
0: you know, whereas traditionally you had heard, you know, we have had teacher shortages in math and science in those areas. It, it doesn't seem to be contained to those two specific subjects anymore. And then so those vacancies where we don't have the uh, proper certified individual uh, in the seat is is spread, I think, to all subject areas in the curriculum at this point. So just wanted to bring that light to fact. I mean, that's always – it's been a constant battle about retaining talent, um, paying people properly so that they don't leave the state. But at the same time, you know, staying within the state budget, uh, it's a never-ending, tough problem to tackle. Um, And it continues, and it looks like it's getting worse. Uh, Number one, number two. The other thing uh, that affects uh, the upcoming school year—you know—at least I think three thousand families were hoping and hoping and depending upon uh, the Hope Scholarship
1: reimbursement
0: reimbursement to um, take their money and taking those Hope Scholarships for uh, school choice for people leaving the public school to go to. There are many different uh, scenarios, but one of them is is to take the tuition to an approved private school. Um, That program was passed by the legislature, and it was then struck down by a circuit court judge in Kanawha County um, who not only struck it down but um, instigated uh, an injunction uh, that said that the program will not go forward uh, this school year. The attorney general appealed that, Uh, ruling to the Intermediate Appellate Court and and asked for a stay, just for a stay. There hasn't been a a ruling on the merits. The Intermediate Appellate Court, uh, the new court here in West Virginia, which took effect July 1, they denied the Attorney General's request on a two-to-one vote uh, to stay the injunction. And so now the Attorney General has taken his... Appeal to the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals asking them to dissolve the injunction and to allow the monies to flow to these 3,000 families for the upcoming school year. They have not ruled upon that. Uh, Still a lot of uncertainty uh, as to uh, where those dollars will be for the upcoming school year and what those families can do. So those are just two major stories um, politically and actually affecting everyday West Virginians as we head into the the new school year.
2: I know a big champion, Rocky, of the... Hope scholarship with state treasurer Riley Moore and I don't know if you saw the comments by him um, last week he said uh, quote we don't know how this is all going to play out and that's why I'm saying the timing of this is so purposeful and it's really spiteful and vengeful on their side to try and harm families that have obviously made important life decisions for their children and he's speaking specifically about the timing of the challenge itself and like when the law came uh, into effect irrespective of whether or not you agree with that I think being objective about it, it's put a lot of families in a, between a rock and a hard place as to what uh, they're going to do for the upcoming year. So, don't know how quickly the uh, Supreme Court will take that issue up. You and I were talking, say all the issues have been briefed. You know, I'm um, not going to really present any new
0: don't know if that's the case because I know the ruling at the Intermediate appellate Court was just on the injunction. Stayed, right?
2: They were trying to get a stay. Yeah, so the I don't
0: I, I'm not really it's not real clear as to whether they have to rule on the merits of the case first and then it goes to the Supreme Court. But that the appeals were just on the injunction uh, as I uh, saw it reported in the media. So I, I'm not real sure about the timing of the actual merits of the case. Well, I, I know
2: that um, he said it would be this is more seeming he said at the very least the program should be allowed to continue until the Supreme Court decides on a full appeal. Maybe to your point that, you know, now it's going to go up now on, a, I guess, what you'd call a full briefing right. in front of the intermediate public court. But it's not going to get resolved in time here. We start Doesn't school like two weeks, I think, something like that, two, yeah. three weeks, depending upon uh, what school system you're in. So, seems to me, though, I would think that a lot of families who made that decision have either um, made some type of, um, what would you call it? You either stayed the course, I guess, or, 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 you, or you backed down, or you've gotten some other way to figure out how to make the ends meet for, for the upcoming year. But it's 3,000 plus families, right? Yeah.
0: I would think that if you were one of those institutions planning to accept the money that maybe you do a deferred payment we'll let you go yeah, and then yeah. and then if it comes it comes and
3: if it doesn't we'll visit that later I'm not sure but uh, has there been any research on you said 3,000 families is there a greater percentage in one area what's reduced or the other you know I don't know that fuzz that would be I'm sure that I think
0: the treasurer's office he keeps track of the applications and who's been granted that 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 probably be information. It sounds like they'd be happy to to share. Well, I don't know. Maybe it deals with students, though. So, but maybe they would be able to give you the geographic breakdown. Of that. That's a good question. As to, I would imagine it's probably more prevalent in those areas that have private,
3: private schools, not
0: because they're not not you know, not available in every part of the state. So, but um, on from the school issue. Um, we have been talking extensively over the last several weeks about the special session in the West Virginia legislature, and uh, particularly uh, on two topics. Uh, the governor's proposed plan to cut income taxes on an average of 10 percent, comp- and the competing plan by the West Virginia State Senate to uh, reduce personal property taxes in conjunction with a constitutional uh, amendment that will be put on the ballot this November and of course the 11th hour addition of the uh, abortion legislation to the special session and particularly the inability uh, of the Republican Party who control all three uh, well all three branches even though our judicial is, um, is not partisan but the, the two houses in the legislature and the executive branch they control all three of those and yet, despite that, entered the special session without a consensus, an, an agreement as to what they wanted to do, and they come out of the session with no legislation being passed on either one of those topics. And so what you've seen since then is there's been continued discussion about which plan, do we do personal property tax cuts first, or personal income tax first, or both, um, or none, and... Um, and you've seen continued debate upon that, but I think the frustration uh, on the inability to get a deal done on that and on the abortion issue is really boiling to the to the top. And so now you see, because the Republican Party has become so large, uh, they have supermajorities in both chambers of the legislature. You have started to see some little internal disagreements, some infighting, and now to the point that uh, Delegate a Delegate from Raleigh County, Delegate. Brandon Steele has announced that he will challenge current Speaker of the House of Delegates Roger Hanshaw for the speakership in that particular chamber this next legislative session. So, Hanshaw has been the Speaker in the House since 2018. Uh, he took over um, uh, for uh, Justice. Uh, <laughs> what's, his, what's his name? Justice. Uh,
2: Oh, oh you're t- Armstead? Armstead? Armstead, yeah. yeah I'm yep, sorry. Yep, sorry. I, I
0: blanked there. Justice Armstead, a longtime leader of the Republican uh, Party in the House of Delegates, now a Supreme Court justice. But Hanshaw took took the reins over from him on a close vote, um, and now he will be challenged here just four years into his speakership uh, by a new delegate. And, you know, I think it's it's natural that, that with their super majorities, but... Their inability to get something done. I, I mean, I think you can kind of see this coming—the frustration—and and, want to know uh, your thoughts on: Do you think he'll be successful? Um, is this does this show troubles ahead for the Republican Party, or is this just the natural progression of a party that has gotten so big uh, that they have a supermajority that, um, because there's so many members, they just, you know, by natural consequence, can't agree on everything.
3: Uh, with this guy. Me, the way I am, uh, I would say this guy wants to take it further to the right, and he'll have a lot of support down there in his uh, run for Speaker of the House. I, I think it's a, a, a move, Rocky,
2: to try and get that agenda, the farther right, maybe a little bit more attention. Uh, I don't think it's going to be successful uh, in terms of what his uh, candidacy just to, to overtake it I'd be really surprised especially in light of you know, starting to already see some um, grumblings and reporting We're trying to reach some hybrid plan, which we're going to talk about on the tax issue. But I think it's sometimes when this happens within a party, somebody does it to try and right, right basically um, get their agenda a little bit more to the forefront. Now, you could say that it's already to the forefront, but you're going to have differences within the party. And, and you, we've talked here on the, on the show before that, at least from the House standpoint, um, I, I, you know, they can't force the Senate, the Senate to do right. The, their, what they want every time, and uh, to me, that's really been been the problem. I, I don't see it as so much as uh, Mr. Steele's. I, I know he's further to the right than okay, but uh, it's not seems like that, that way. That. Yeah, it doesn't. You, you don't get the feel though that there's an inability to pass things in the House. Right. right. I mean, I think it's what we talked about before the more traditional um, business friendly Republican on the Senate side versus what I would deem to be uh, some of the Trump driven, more social issues on the, the House side seem like that dominate more. I mean, and you see those that reflected in the tax proposals that are put forth. But I, I don't, I'd be shocked if he had seeds there.
0: Well, here's the thing I thought that same thing, he obviously wants to push a more conservative agenda than Hanshaw. Um, I thought the same thing. But when you look at it, though, he's currently the chairman of the House Government Organization Committee, which is a major committee. Um, he's already part of leadership. And so certainly if he's unsuccessful, that means he, I would think that he will not be returning as chair, chairman of that committee. Um, you wouldn't think that Hanshaw would allow that to happen. So he has a lot to risk, um, and it is a pretty pretty good in a he's powerful a, position as chair of the House governor So, uh, you know, that seems to me to think that if he's looking and assessing his own situation, he, he probably thinks he has a real shot to do it because he has something to give up. But correct me,
2: yeah, good points, but Fuzz, maybe you know the best, but he's a pretty outspoken guy, right? I mean, he's not been afraid to go out on the limb uh, pretty far out, away from the trunk, right? I
3: mean, Yeah, he, he has, and so... We're- and Rocky's right too. Yeah, he's had a government organ. That's you got know, government organ was probably the the biggest committee on the House side, the most powerful committee on the House side, no. other judiciary. That's it. The judiciary that's, and finance are the two big ones. Well, but more stuff goes through government organ and well, that's judiciary and finance. Period. I mean, it, almost every bill was going through those two. I mean, committees.
0: It, it, it is a powerful committee on the House side, especially so. But
1: don't you think that the, the, the different factions in the House makes this, um, you know, the House has been a lot of different players inside the House, and everybody's looking for a piece of the pie, and nobody's getting what they think's enough, and, you know.
0: There's a hundred members in the House. It's a lot to, harder to, to predict, to, to control right. from the leadership standpoint. And let's, let, let's add the wild card here. So, you know, we're switching for the first time ever from multi-member districts. This will be the first election in the history of the state of West Virginia. We have 100 single-member districts up for election in the House of Delegates. And so the election for speaker does not happen until January – well, December. But after the November election, you know, you have to look at the results of the November election to know how many Republicans there are going to be, where they're from – Um, and you know where they stand ideologically uh, whether they're more aligned with Mr. Steele or Mr. Hanshaw. so I mean a lot remains unsettled in terms of who's going to be voting on the speaker here for November but certainly for 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 purposes on the House side my recollection is some
2: bills have stalled in the past two to four years in part because Disagreements between even the farther right in the house. Right? Yeah, they can't get it out of and, committee. And yeah, and I'm, I'm struggling to think of what a couple of those issues were, but pretty big, high-profile issues for those sessions, stalled in the house because there were disagreements among, amongst what I, I would call kind of maybe the more libertarian right faction of the party. So, Close
1: so, votes too, Brent. Very. I mean, now, the, the Republicans are really split and
2: in, makes in, great, in the House. A great point, though. We don't know what the makeup's going to be with right. the single de- delegate districts, but let's assume it gets to even more to the right uh, and more uh, supportive of uh, Mr. Steele, Delegate Steele. And if he wins, I, I don't, I don't know that that necessarily is going to enable more legislation to be passed per se based upon the no, current I... makeup of the Senate. I, I see probably further differences on some issues. Most of it, you know, they're going to work, going to work out. I just – I think he's probably less aligned, is my point, with the Senate than, than what Speaker Hanshaw currently is.
0: My guess is, though, that you're going to see a broader spectrum of political ideologies now that the House has single-member districts because the smaller you make the districts, the more likely or that there it is that you could get a smaller pocket of people that are either further to the right or further to the left. I mean, it's the same difference between the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate, right? You get some congressmen who are way out there, right?
1: That's a good point. Like
0: uh, Green from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Green, whatever. You, know, yeah. you can get smaller th- – the smaller you make a district, the easier it is to get someone who is ideologically aligned The extremes, have to, right? right. And so, they can get elected. Yeah, and they can get elected. So and I think no different here in West Virginia, especially, you know, you have some – pockets where, I mean, so I, I could see the Libertarian slash Freedom Caucus type wing of the Republican Party, I could see them gaining seats in, in say after after this upcoming election because yeah, of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, plus you got you know, you got a governor's that's going to get termed out, okay? So, you, at least what I kind of feel I don't have any, that that the guy that just beat, what's his name, that just beat Mooney, Mooney just kind of lined himself up as the Senate seat. Yeah. But I have saw this going on. and I think you got Mooney probably looking at, I can't picture him staying there. He's probably looking at that governor's race with a whole lot of other. You mean Morrissey? Morrissey, I mean, yeah, yeah, looking at that government's race with a whole lot of other office holders, yeah. you know what I mean, that are looking at yeah. that. So the parties, not only inside the Senate or inside the House, but the parties looking to find out in 2024 where those pieces go to. And would, you'd want to have people in line in leadership in the House to make that t- turnover so I think there's two pieces to that Don't need that but where you know what I mean Republic's going to go through, and you said it a long time ago I mean they've got super majority and now they're starting to have some split offs in, in saying you know when we deal with the cards which ones I get and I don't like my hand and I'm gonna throw it in get a new one well, yeah, and that, I, I, that's not uncommon I okay know, the, the
2: example Earlier was the intermediate appellate court. I took them several tries when they've mm-hmm. had, you know, overwhelming majority uh, in the House and Senate to be able to pass that. And in part, it was I, that more far right libertarian part saying, "Well, why are we going to expand government and spend more money to do something like this? Right. We don't think we need." Now, eventually, you know, after several sessions of introducing it, they got it passed. John, I, I think from if you're trying to predict who. The players are going forward. When Justice bows out, assuming he doesn't want the Senate seat, then you're. I think oh, Mooney's probably guys much more comfortable in Washington, okay, <laughs> than in Charleston, West Virginia. And that would leave then. Um, you know, Morrissey obviously could take a shot there. He's running for the seat before, but if he chose to come back and run for the governor, obviously uh, formidable opponent. But I think Evan Jenkins probably had a big time name who's won statewide. Those
0: are the two guys. Riley Moore. Riley Moore. What's what's
1: He's the auditors? Uh, so you got you got a lot Nick of it. Warner. There's
2: a lot. Of, right. There's a lot. Of, I there's a lot
1: of, mean, there's there's this, a lot of arms in the bullpen. Here right. On this one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Republican
0: bullpen is, is pretty. Deep. Yeah. It yeah. So, they, so got closers, pretty they got closers.
1: They got long term guys. They do. And, probably, and the dep-
2: to your point, it, you know, if you have a change in, I don't mm. know where their political allegiance is lie, but depending upon who's running the house, if they're a little bit further to the right or, or a little bit I would say just a more traditional, you know, maybe business friendly Republican. Probably affects who they support ultimately in that in that race. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Rock, you make a good point about Mr Steele, I'll bring it back to him. Based upon his committee assignments, he just seems a little bit more like yeah. a risk taker to me. And Mr. Hansch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, so because that's my perception of yeah. what I've read uh, over, you know, since his time in the legislature, follows He's not afraid. He's to more to of a thrower, well. right? And and if you're like that, you're probably also willing to go ahead and yeah. If you take the take the shot and you don't, you're not successful, you, you'll you'll take the fallout from it. And if he gets stripped of his title, he gets stripped of his title. That's my perception from way, way far away. I, I, I think
0: strategically, we are going to take a shot. Though. It makes sense to do it here yeah. when the, with the conversion to single member districts, because that you're going to have the most change in the makeup of the body for a long time, That's probably. So go ahead.
3: On uh, well, back to government order where he's the chair. I think there's 24 members on the House Government Org Committee somewhere around there. So you know, and they're from all over the state. So he's talking to these people. Day in, day out at the meetings. So he's he's got their ears that they could help him throughout the state.
1: Ain't a bad seat at the table to have, okay? Seriously. Ain't a bad... I'd, I'd, if you said what table you yeah. want, I, I think if I was going in, I would might say I'll sit, take a seat over there, okay? Well, you know, so...
0: He's from Raleigh County. Raleigh County. All he's unopposed in the upcoming right. election, gotcha. whereas Hanshaw right. does have... An opponent in the general election. I don't know.
2: Laura McGinnis is yeah. uh, hes in the 62nd district. Now Those district numbers now mean nothing to us. Right. Not, I have no idea where any of them are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Heck, I don't even know what they are here in the northern They, pain, they maybe just changed before. by one or two here in the north. Right. So. All right.
1: Let's go federal. Joe made the big switch. mostly kind of i right? mean out of nowhere i mean okay, absolutely republic i hear republicans were i mean joe was their the Darling. he I was can, the dc he no, was well, the outhouse, right? right and then he just came boom out, out, out of nowhere you know we've known joe i have some people call me and say you know joe pretty well i'm i'm surprised but, you know, I kept saying that room in the Democratic caucus was getting smaller and smaller yeah. and tensions. And, you know, Joe was able there's some to look at some things that makes West Virginia better, okay? Right. Um, I don't like saying it's an inflation stopper, but if you look
0: yeah. at— It's all about— marketing marketing
1: but i mean joe was able to, to to do some things where i struggle personally is i don't know what's in it for joe i understand what's in it for west virginia but we all know joe pretty well and that's part of joe's agenda but you can't never make those kind of moves without saying what's in it for joe and joe's Group, okay, like and seven. I can't figure that out. Yeah, okay. Have to go
0: the, through like the four hundred or seven hundred page bill to figure that out, but because right. it's not apparent it. on its face. But uh, so to set this up, Joe Manchin has been for the last several years kind of the the darling of the Republican Party. No a question, moderate, a moderate <laughs> slash like maybe conservative Democrat who you know has voted for their, their Supreme Court uh, justice nominees when when that was the case. When Trump was in office, and then he's been blocking legislation for the Democrats. He blocked Build Back Better. He basically killed that legislation when he said he wouldn't vote for it.
1: A lot of tension, like I not, say. Not a lot of tension the inside buster, the Democratic the, the caucus. The okay. The
0: filibuster laws, right. Really, the the darling of the Demo- of the Republican Party, and then. Finally, though, he comes back and cuts a deal with uh, Schumer and Biden, and they get a, a bill through uh, called the Inflation Reduction Act, which is, as you indicated, marketing. But it had a lot of good things no, in it. No, he listen. He, for Medicare or whatever right. to, to negotiate on prescription drug prices. It had some benefits for black lung. And, and it had, had just
1: I, I mean, there's things that gets Joe's attention, attention in it, okay?
0: cap on Medicare. Okay. You know, I all mean, kinds of, West sense,
1: Virginia's benefited. Joe right. got... A lot, f- what he wanted in, to it, get it that continued bill.
0: continued health subsidies, right. just to name a few things. Right. It put a, corp- the a yeah. corporate...
3: Uh-huh. There's one on steel. That all the projects coming up, going to has to be so much I mean, american made steel.
0: A lot of things that nobody... what you polled the general public would be overwhelmingly popular with the general public. Like, you know, the things I just mentioned, plus the... They call it the closing the loophole—a 15% uh, corporate minimum tax, where these, we're on corporations who only their revenues in excess of a billion dollars. That you know, those companies who are, there are several that aren't paying anything in taxes, and I think everyone would that 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 just can't be. If you have a, a, over a billion dollars in revenue, you have to be paying something in taxes. If you're not, you're manipulating certain deductions and things like that. Um, you have to pay at least your fair share.
3: Well, the well. thing is with those corporations, they're using the infrastructure that we're paying for. Yeah, they're using the internet, they're using the roads, the water, sewage. But, but anyway, so that you know there are a lot
0: of overwhelmingly popular things in there, but several things uh, that you know obviously uh, are unpopular with conservatives, specifically his longtime friend, the coal industry. And right. I, that's really the, the shocking part about this is that the about face that the coal industry has had, there was a letter from the West Virginia Coal Association signed by the president, Chris Hamilton. Uh, he and, and Manchin and those two factions have been close for a long time. And then now really some harsh words in those letters. And Brent, I think you could highly, yeah. I mean, it's not just that, Hey, you voted for a piece of legislation that we don't like. I mean, there, there's some kind of personal attacks in there, almost. Kind of shocking.
2: I thought I thought Manchin actually shot back
0: pretty, pretty well. well. I agree. And with facts. With uh, facts. First,
2: from Chris Hamilton, um, he said, quote, um, uh, first off, uh, he said it's a massive setback, okay, the coal industry. But specifically, he said it doubles the actual taxation on every ton of coal went forward and placed an assessment against coal at a minimum 15% level, That's which hits coal twice as hard as any other businesses okay and so then Manchin for that last statement there where he's talking about an assessment against coal at a minimum 15% level Manchin fires back Uh, first off um, he he was mad about the the doubling of the taxation that he argued uh, Mr. Hamilton did And he says, the coal people believe that if they have to pay one ten per ton into the Black Lung Fund, somehow that's punishment. The Black Lung Fund has been there for some quite some time in the last few years. They cut it half and it's that. But here, to the specific quote, Mason also defended the 15% corporate minimum tax. He says, quote, there's not a coal company in the country that has had those type of revenues to be subjected to the 15% minimum. They're probably paying their fair share already. And to your point, that it only applies to corporations in the U.S. who have averaged one billion over the last three years in book revenue. Um, and Joe's point was, and I think, gee, hey, if you pull people and companies making over a billion dollars and they're not paying any corporate uh, tax at all, do you think that's fair? You yes, ask that in a vacuum, people are going to say no. But Mr. Hamilton, I actually, you know, I think Joe probably is correct. There, there aren't any coal companies making, right. you know, averaging over a billion dollars uh, over the last three years. and so. But for them to publicly go
0: at it like that, they've been a long-time they, friends. But, but they, 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 they couldn't, they couldn't believe it. it. I mean, they, they couldn't
1: believe what it, what it, what it, when Manchin cut this they deal. They
0: questioned his sincerity, they right. said, on right. his previous commitment to maintaining the viability coal. There was some quote to that, basically calling him a liar. Um, which I thought, wow, that got way personal. But I thought Joe did a great job responding with facts, Mm -hmm. uh, like you said. The the real crux of the matter and the problem that the coal industry has with this bill, I don't – because as you have shown, it's it's the tax incentives for renewable energy sources that are out there that provides incentives for people to switch from coal-fired plants to – Solar and wind, and that's what they're and really, solar is a
1: big part of this yeah. deal, and it that's really that's is. The like, West Virginia is going to get a piece of that,
0: that's what they're really upset about. Right there, there is, there and is, they action. think Manchin,
1: Manchin ran from I'm on it, okay.
0: Well, but there's also monies in, I mean, I thought he did a great job, finding back. there's also monies in there for research and development, uh, for our carbon sequestration, right. clean coal technology, that kind of thing. So, a right, lot so of money, a little bit of something for everybody, kind of in the bill, but you know, um. You know the,
2: the the word, and I'm going to get it off on of a tangent a little bit, but the word "subsidized," right? That it's all often used that one party subsidizes this industry, the other party subsidizes another industry, and that we play political favorites. That's been going on for a long time in the country. One thing, though, I realized when I looked at my freaking electric <laughs> recently, yeah, I compared my freaking usage. From like July, or, you know, they give you the comparison, yeah. my usage was significantly, significantly lower than last year. I went back, pulled my bill from last year, compared it. I can't believe how much more. Wow, you pay paying oh, in was... electricity, and there's more.
1: There's paying
3: more coming.
2: And I talk to people in the South, like in North Carolina, and also in Florida, and ask them what their electric bill is, and it's shocking to me. And, and I asked what the square footage of the house is. It's shocking to me how much lower their electric bills are in those areas compared to what we pay here where it's mined. So if you want to talk about who subsidizes it, right? right? I mean, it's it's it, it's just it's like Thanksgiving dinner. It's a yearly tradition that we're going to the PSC, and we get hammered here in terms of what we have to pay to get the coal out of the ground to then,
0: have it and for, our communities here, bear the here. Brunt. our communities bear the brunt of the production right right, right. I, I, I was I, I admit, I've been meaning to talk
2: about this for a couple of weeks and as you wanted to I was livid looking at that and thought I, I just can't get over from literally John five years ago actually even shorter than that three years ago to now how
3: much the electric bill has exploded. It's, 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 Well, you're secondary. talking 20 some percent increases, two or three of yeah. right? Well, the, the study's been out there since 2005 to today's date. Our prices have increased 90% in West Virginia for electric. You know, and back to Chris Hamilton, you remember Bill Ramey? The, yeah. They're both the same. And, you know, as far as, far as I'm concerned. They're working for the operators to make money for them, and that's all I, I, it's about.
2: I would like to know the explanation, of why in other areas where there's coal-fired plants and that electricity is provided in hotter climates, that
3: their <laughs> their bills are so much lower. Well, you, I keep telling.
1: I keep telling you, take a coal-fired project to Citibank or them and see what kind of check they're going to write. And I'll guarantee you I can write a bigger check than they're going to give you, okay? And when and if you don't believe it, ask anybody that's talk about trying to go to a bank and say that. And you can talk all this baloney you want to talk you know, about.
2: going to say why it costs us more years because they're going to say regulation, regulation. Oh, that's – But I'm telling you, there's, there's – That's there's, not I, true. I, I, I believe there's – I got a total We're electric of house. Of coal fired plants in other parts of the country and what the, what those people in those states pay for their electric bills compared to what we pay. I mean, it's every time, I, it's like once or twice a year, I, I feel like I'm reading an article that they're going to go back to the PSC again. It never gets denied, ever. Ever now, gets denied. Bill Ramey right.
1: I that. used to say that... the that comcast bill will drive you crazy okay and it does i have a small house total electric and my bill is four hundred dollars average a month okay and it used to be a hundred and some for years and it, it, it's there and when i built that house i couldn't get gas because there was no gas to do it it's absolutely and listen be prepared for people like me More's coming, okay? Yeah, I, it, it's not going the other way. I can promise you that. More's coming, okay? And it is. And the Bill Rainey's and Chris Hamilton's, buddy, they don't care, okay? coal is dead, That, that okay? bill has
2: to be up. Your electric bill. Oh, red- of, it has to be up 20%, 30% oh, in the several, three years.
1: Brent, they were getting 20% at a clip two or three times. It's up, what would you say, 90%. From 05. But
2: for whatever reason, just,
1: I don't know, maybe people. 90% is a pretty deer. good piece but it of seems a pie. So, the last couple years,
2: man. That bill was just exploding. Well, hey. There's, I there's
3: agree. There's two or three times a year they're
1: asking for rate increases. Because, and they, and they well, get them every time, what you said. They get them. Well... Listen, 90%. So you go to the bakery and buy a pie, and I'm and then you say, I'm going to get 90% of that pie, okay? Buddy, that 10% that you're going to share, you better not have a big appetite, okay? 90% increase is outrageous, and anybody that believes people are going to come in this state and do manufacturing and do things that have to do that with a 90% and try to get a deal, I can tell you to try to get a deal. I shut Ormet down because I couldn't get a deal, okay? And Ormet used more electricity than the city of Pittsburgh to mine, and I couldn't get a power deal. And you tell me that Nucor is going to come here and they're going to build this plant and they're going to pay what you and I pay. They ain't that's never going to happen.
2: Well, I'm not saying it's a, t- it's a simple issue, okay, but there's something just at a fundamental level that's really frustrating. That let's don't they, they just pass it on that we, you know, get What's, out of the ground here, we mine it. The ship justice is put and, and yes, it justice putting yes people on hammered in the state on our electric bills it just just feels wrong to you right i mean it just it's uh, it's frustrating and then you get asked and every every politician has to support it in terms of the industry right and i get it you get, in, you get more the, I don't know a ton of guys in coal it's that's not the issue obviously i'm fine with doing it and mining it and i Rocky's point, the technology hasn't caught up to be able to continue to do it maybe in a way that we want, but as we sit here today the the amount of money that we pay for it is ridiculous and it was like that I know the political part is well it's because of the Democrats and regulation blah 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 mine continued to go up when Trump was in there like it didn't change and and in fact it's just been it's been crazy crazy high in, in terms of the last three, four years. Yeah, hey, and
0: here's on that one last thing on that letter by the Coal Association of Manchin. Here, I mean, here's I thought it was some stinging words uh, that, where they doubt what Manchin had told them in the past. It says, the current schumer Mansion draft agreement on climate and energy frankly leaves us questioning the motivation and sincerity of Manchin's previous stance and his repeated chant, we must innovate, not eliminate. So, basically... I'm a liar and uh...
1: okay. all right I'm going to tell you real world stuff. Cleveland Cliff shut down b Coke plant. why? because an impact on coal both places severe impact on metallurgical coal and what I call low ball coal okay mm-hmm. so they're taking that out of the market because environmentally. They're going to go to EAFs, electric arc furnaces, and alternative issues to do that, okay? So if coal, imagine taking that tons out of that market, okay? And where's it going to go? If it stays here, historically, historically, when you do that, like when they took ORMET out of AEP, the rest of the residential people,
0: picked up the burnt. they picked
1: up the burnt because they, they, they do. So when I say you better like it, okay, you better like it. People like me that have total electric homes, you're either going to go to solar or you got to go somewhere else because you can't afford it no
2: more. Well, let me ask you this. If, 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 if coal got its Christmas list out and they got everything they wanted, by an administration, and it was eight years of it. Okay, so you get two Republican administrations back to back, and they got every single thing they wanted from year one. Do you think that the electric bill is ever going to come down? No, because <laughs> no, once once it's passed on Do to it, us, it doesn't reverse. And, the, and to me, everybody gets so wrapped up about the political part of it, but the reality of it is. When an in industry, you can name other industries, once they passed it on to the customer and they've gotten approval, that rate is locked, man. They're not coming back down, back in and saying, okay, you know what, we want to give the consumer a break, and we're going to go ahead and charge less now for electricity. It's, it's unsustainable. I mean, it, honest God, Electricity is out of sight, right? So, a- yeah, okay, and jump to inflation on top of that. Right. right? You talked about the grocery bill, the gas bill, everything else that we're experiencing. But the electric bill, to me, John, you know what? There's a way to cut that cable bill, because I did it. I got so mad like you did, I, I, I started whacking I do nothing, <laughs> I but write it, checks. I it. And, you know, I got it down, and I'm like, I can tolerate this. You can't do anything with the electric bill. You're, you're handcuffed. And I, I refuse to believe that if you did everything that they've asked, that that price is ever coming down for us in West Virginia. It's not happening. It's not happening.
0: You know, it would be interesting if we could get if there's a comparative study of the cost per like kilowatt hour in various states, what we pay here versus. Oh, we, we
1: got one of those guys you know has that.
3: Yeah. Why don't we down there? Budget, center, policy, or right, that, the right. System. Why don't you shoot him a see if we can get that information? But here's the thing with the coal industry. I know we got a t- short time. They brought this on themselves. They helped do this. Because when the corporations started moving stuff, manufacturing, out of the country, they lost all these businesses up and down the river, which were buyers of a lot of electricity. Mm -hmm. You never heard those coal people saying a word. That's their customers leaving. Uh you think they would have said something. They didn't. They
1: did. Rocky, did you hear him when Ormet went? Did you, did, you, did you ever see the coal industry say, hey, we've got we to stand up for Ormet? That's a whole power plant across the river. We're, we're doing that. They didn't say nothing, okay? Mm. They didn't say anything. He's right, okay? Did, they did.
0: That's a pretty good example. Okay.
1: Yeah. okay. I'm just saying. Economic development. Well, and maybe l- they should have done. More. I
0: can't say l- that they did it to themselves. I mean, the, you know, the, they didn't
3: try the, to prevent it from happening.
0: And then you know the the natural and whatever people you know we they play political wars with science, but you know the fact of the matter is this: the the main enemy of coal is technology, and as I mean, it's a natural progression as you know, the okay. solar, wind, and renewables develop. It's a natural transition. And, yes, certain administrations can speed up or slow down that transition, but it's it's inevitable. So. Where, where
1: do you see Joe going next? What do you see? Do you yeah, look, look,
0: right. I think look, I, I think he's in real
2: trouble just from the standpoint of this. Uh, if he would choose to run, and I know it's several years off, but it's just like raining in my head, like what happened to Congressman McKinley on a lot, lot less, less controversial, substantively speaking, yes. a, not a controversial bill. At all, right? Thing no, to very do popular West, stuff. Right thing to do for West Virginia on that infrastructure bill, but in this day and age, he got hammered for it, and so this is much more controversial. Right. Really, and a totally partisan vote um, with no Republicans crossing over. You can't argue the bipartisan part, and I think he's in he's in real trouble. I just for reasons I've stated many times here, he's got the wrong letter by his name that type of position and the environment that we're in right now in this state. Things could change I, I, I don't see that though and he's going to have a really formidable opponent when he goes too. So it's not no longer a no name and I think he's in real trouble and this is one where you, you brought up point, you were trying to figure out what was in it for Joe from a political standpoint of regaining a seat I don't, it's not a good move for him. I But, don't, but I, that I, doesn't mean there's I'm, not something that he's looking at separately, right? right? I mean, that we wouldn't know about who knows what his plans are, if he has plans outside of politics or something like that. But politically speaking, I usually give the guy a ton of credit. As I just I, I don't think it's
0: helpful I think for him. That, that I think he has to game. have something lined up outside of politics right. because the – the rope is getting short um, in terms of the ability to, to run for Senate again and where the state is politically. And the Democrats' ability and, and the odds, if you look at the odds, for them to win the White House the next election, I'd, they're heavy, heavy underdogs. So the chance of jumping to some type of cabinet position or whatever, calling that I ju- it just probably will not be that to, 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 to
2: happen Find some type of, like, religion in your conscience.
3: From.